Okay, that, that's all right. We'll get there. Um, coffee is right in the lobby, okay? Um, good morning. It's good to see you. Thanks for being here with us this morning. Thanks for joining us online if you're with us online. If we have never met before, my name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here. I help out with what we call Give It Away. It's how we share the story and the message of Jesus to our community and to our world. And I would love to talk to you about that for like three hours after service. So I'll be hanging out in the cafe. Cafe. No one has hit me up on that yet. So uh, offer is extended. But that's me and you're welcome. So um, this weekend, we're actually finishing up um, uh, part of this series. So we've been in this sermon series on uh, Jesus over my time. And we'll talk mo- about more things like that. But this is the last weekend uh, for Jesus over my time. And what we've been doing is having really challenging, really hyper-practical um, teachings and sermon series around this biblical concept, this idea of Jesus being over all things. Jesus is above all. And so that is coming out of Colossians 1. And so if you're with us several weeks ago, we talked about Colossians 1 at Easter time, and it's often known as the supremacy of or preeminence of Christ, which is just a fancy way of saying that Jesus is above all things, okay? Jesus is over all things. He's above all things. All things were through him and for him. And so that's the context that we're in. And so we've been thinking about that And specifically, uh, thinking about time and how we can catch a biblical vision for and a concept of time in various ways. And like I said, if you've been with us the last few weeks, we've been trying to get super practical and like all up in your real life with this stuff, with the things of Jesus and what he wants to be first in, which is all things, okay? So last week, um, uh, this is the last week of our time conversation, to which you might be thinking, it's about time. And you're right, okay? You're welcome. So it's about time, and that's what we're going to be talking about, which this, for me specifically, is personally challenging, okay? I just want a disclaimer. This is a personally a challenging topic for me, especially going into the teaching about uh, Jesus over our schedules. And so if you know me at all, you'll know why I think it's challenging, okay? Um, and we'll get to that in a second. In fact, when Pastor Tony asked me to preach on this one, I thought he was joking. I like audibly laughed, okay? And so I was like, surely you're joking. And he wasn't. And um, I'm thankful for the challenge. Um, but he asked me and I said, okay, I'll figure it out. And so this is actually somewhat part of my story. So part of my testimony a little bit. Um, and I'll share some of that with you. Long story short, right before I came to know Jesus, I had somewhat of a crazy, crazy schedule, crazy lifestyle. And I'm going to share some of that with you, okay? So basically, this is like what my schedule looks like uh, before I came to know Jesus, okay? What I did was after high school, I went to Stark State College, and I was trying to double major in computer networking and security and computer science and forensics because I'm that kind of nerd, and that's fine. And I went to Stark State, and I was like, I also had three jobs, okay? So I'm like, I got to, how do I work all these jobs and go to school at the same time? So I went to school Tuesdays and Thursdays from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., crammed it in so that I could work three jobs outside of that. So Basically, it looked like this. From 6 a.m. to about 3, I did landscaping. And then after that, I was assistant manager of a grocery store from like 4 to 8 or so. And then after that, I was a manager of a hookah bar. Okay, if you don't know what a hookah bar is, that is totally okay. You can Google it or not. I don't know. But that's what I did, okay? And so that was my schedule. And turns out, 
that is not a great schedule, okay? One day I woke up, so I just made someone choke on their coffee, I think, so that's great. I love it. Um, so uh, one morning, late early morning, I woke up in an ambulance, okay? I woke up in an ambulance. I was like, what's going on? I had passed out in, at the hookah bar. I don't think that was related, okay? Um, but I had passed out at the hookah bar, and these guys were like, are you on drugs? What are you doing? I was like, I, I wasn't on drugs. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then they were like, I just went over what was going on, and they're like, man, you're like, your, your busy schedule is creating this lack of sleep, poor eating habits, and just over-exhaustion. Like they said, you're just burning the candle at both ends. And so um, my schedule was just too full, too hurried, too much for me and for my body to take. And so it was at that point that I decided, okay, I'll just do less. And so I stopped working so much, which um, I found out in that process that I had a lot of my worth and identity in the things that I was doing, in the work that I was doing. And so a lot of my worth and identity was locked up in that kind of stuff. And so I found that out in that process. I also... I wasn't very good at handling money, and I was making a lot of money for my age, so I was blowing my money on the things of the world, and I was in a lot of debt. And it turns out, if you're in a lot of debt and you stop working so much, you remain in a lot of debt. And so that was a problem. And so there was a lot of problems coming out of that. I remember being in just a time of depression, and I literally was just the guy playing video games in my dad's basement. Sometimes stereotypes are there for a reason, okay, by the way. And that was just a super lame time of my life. So I went from a maxed out schedule, okay, like this, and I'm going to get rid of that, uh, maxed out schedule, over busy, to doing pretty much nothing, like the opposite extreme in a way. And it was actually in that time that I ended up being pursued for Jesus and then ended up eventually coming to know Jesus in 2011, right when I was 21. And so we'd love to share more of that story sometime, but the point is, and what I'm really thankful for, is God used that burnout, he used that time on my life to really come to know him. And so I gave my allegiance to Jesus in that time. And so in some ways, I'm like, wow, thank God for that time, because I got to come to know Jesus through that, okay? Fast forward to today, though, and here is why, here's the problem, and here's why it's really funny that Tony asked me to preach on this, not because of my before Jesus schedule, but because of my current schedule, uh, which is this, okay? This is a snapshot of my week. I took this on Thursday. What's today? Today is Sunday. So this is what my last week was. And um, anybody else have a calendar that looks like this? Come on. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, Somebody. So I think it's actually really helpful. Um, Somebody in last service was like, yeah, your last schedule is way better. And I'm like, Okay, and so here's what I do. I, I do family stuff. I do work stuff. I have three jobs, actually, and so um, not much has changed, uh, humbly and uh, sadly, not much has changed from my schedule from before I knew Jesus. I mean, a lot has changed. I, I've come to follow Jesus, and I view my schedule and time differently, but wow, I still leave, lead a packed schedule. And so this, when, I, when I'm saying that this is a challenging message for me, This is why, okay? It is challenging for me. I struggle with these things, and so it is a big deal. Like I said, I, um, well, I, so I don't play video games in my dad's basement anymore. I have an office now, and so that happens. And then, um, but I do lead, help lead a video game ministry. I'm executive director of a gaming ministry. Uh, I work here, obviously, and I also help and teach at Grace College. And so three jobs. I have a wife and four kids, and so, um, Things are crazy, okay? Things are awesome. I'm fine, all right? I'm gonna take a deep breath right now. Um, But all that to say, yeah, when Tony said this, I was like, you're ridiculous. And so I know what he was doing. So I resonate with what Pastor Tony said a couple weeks ago when he was talking about Jesus over our screens. He said, I'm preaching to myself. And that's what's happening this weekend. I am preaching to myself. This is personally challenging as someone who loves to do and cram. And this is probably uh, really hard to look at. So I'm gonna get rid of that. 
And so likely, most of us, most of you in this room struggle maybe like myself or struggle in some way with our schedules and with our calendars, whether you're like me and overloading your schedule or maybe you're in the opposite extreme, which I only lived in for a short time, which is having no schedule or um, just being kind of laissez-faire about our, our time and schedule and things like that. And at first thought, the idea of having and maintaining a calendar or a schedule doesn't seem too spiritual at first thought. For some, maybe you've just been groomed that way to have a decent schedule from work or other things that have led you toward a a healthy schedule, and that's just what you do for practicality and productivity purposes, and like you just do that and you're okay with it. For others, maybe the anti-schedulers out there, maybe this is uh, very formal for you, maybe too businessy or businessy, or honestly, maybe it's a little suffocating to think about that, and you're like, I just like to let things happen, and if that's you, awesome, but we're gonna talk about those things. But the reality is, and I think we'll see this, um, if, you, if you think back to Genesis, the reality is I think God himself designed a template of a schedule for us, right? If you recall Genesis, the, the sun comes up, okay, and we do things. The, the sun goes down, and most of us stop doing things, right? Um, and then we have six days of work and the seventh day rest, okay? So Jesus, God himself, has built in a schedule template for us, okay? And so that's built in for us. There's also these other cultural moments where we see some advancement of the schedule. So like if you think about the Egyptians, they use a schedule to plan and organize activities around agriculture and around religious activities. Ancient Rome, they furthered a concept of the schedule to manage their massive territories and their armies by providing a routine, a daily routine for their soldiers. But probably one of the biggest advancements in the schedule actually comes from the monastic movement, okay? And if you're not familiar with that term, I'm talking about monks, okay? Think monks, okay? And so what they would do is they would say, hey, there's all this hurry and busy in our, in our culture and all these things that are, aren't leading us to Jesus. And so they said, we're gonna try to reform ourselves to the image of God through a, creating a complex schedule to regulate their, our daily life and practices of following Jesus. And so these schedules became known as something called horariums, which is Latin for of the hours, and that's still used in some Catholic contexts. And so you have this guy, St. Benedict. He is one of the major influencers of a schedule for those trying to follow after the way of Jesus. He built what was called a rule of life, which we'll talk more about in a little bit, but there are some key principles that have gone into that rule of life from, from this guy, St. Benedict. And here they are. Number one, they would build in this principle of obedience to spiritual leadership. They would say, how can we be obedient to the leadership of the, of the spirit and of other spiritual leadership in our calendar? How can we do that? They would build in stability, stability of remaining in one community. I think a lot of them would teach that like, hey, you should stick with one community for your entire life. For some of you, that sounds awful, maybe not, but they would do that. They're like, you gotta have stability. You gotta be with your community and be with them forever. They talked about humility a ton and how they interact with others and how they view themselves, to have a posture of humility and to build that into their schedules. And they would talk about prayer a ton and they would have daily and scheduled prayer multiple times a day where they would, for extended periods of time, where they would be praying uh, intentionally. And then work, they would obviously work. So in manual labor um, and productivity, but for community and for self. And so they would not only just work for their own self because they have to put food on the table and all that, but they would do work for the, for I would say the shalom or the, for the blessing and the unity uh, and the peace of the community, to bless the community. And so those are some key principles that would have outlined that, that monastic schedule from St. Benedict. 
Now, here's what that would probably look like, and here's what that looks like in some monk context today. And so it's like this. And this is probably like a lot of your schedules, I'm guessing, right? And so um, you woke up at 4 a.m. and you did some morning prayer. Anybody? Not me. I was still asleep. So um, this is, when you look at this, you're like, oh my gosh. But this is what they did and what some of them even do today to say, hey, we're serious with our schedules about following the way of Jesus. And so we need to plan for it and we need to do it. So 4 a.m., rising for prayer private study and meditation, 6 a.m., morning mass and communal pray, 7 a.m., I'm finally awake and they're having breakfast, and then 8 a.m., assigned task or manual labor, 11, midday prayer, lunch, more tasks, manual labor, more study and meditation, more prayer in the evening, dinner and cleanup, more tasks and labor, more prayer at night, and then they finally get some free time, so praise God, they have some free time for reading and personal reflection. And then they go to bed at nine, and I don't remember the last time I went to bed at nine, but that's cool. That's what they did. I guess that's why they're able to wake up at 4 a.m. So um, this isn't like a CrossFitter schedule, though it looks like it. This is a monastic schedule, okay? And so this is what they're doing to try to connect with Jesus in their actual life. And so there's a book that I want to share with you. Many of you have heard of it before. Have you heard of The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry? Okay, some of you. Great book, recommend it, and I love what John Mark Comer has to say about these things. He says, over the last few years, there's been an explosion of chatter in the self-help world over this idea of a fixed hour schedule. Basically, you write up an ideal day or week or month on a blank calendar. You start with all of your top priorities. The spiritual disciplines go in first if you're a follower of Jesus, then sleep, exercise, work, play, reading, margin, etc. And within reason, you stick to it. But most people don't realize this idea started not in the marketplace, but in the monastery, not a decade ago, but over a millennium ago, where monastic orders and often entire communities chose to do life together around a rule of life. He'll go on to say what a rule is. A rule is a schedule and set of practices to order your life around the way of Jesus in community. It was a way to keep from getting sucked into the hurry, the busyness, noise, and distraction of regular life a way to slow down, a way to live into what really matters, what Jesus called abiding, what Jesus called abiding. And so I love that, this idea of abiding in Christ and thinking of our, the mundane things of our life, our, our calendars, our schedules, and things like that. So speaking of Jesus, we should probably get to the scriptures here, so I'd like to do that. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to grab one. Um, there's some under the seats um, as well. You can pull out your phone and get a Bible that way. Um, I'll have some of this on the, on the screen for us, but there's a couple passages that I want to go to on this. Um, and I typically like to read full chapters of scriptures, but that didn't work out this week, so maybe next time. But this time, we're going to go over two different passages, so John 15 and Ephesians So John 15 and Ephesians 5. These are just passages personally. Like I said, I've been wrestling with this personally. And these are two passages that I feel like have really encouraged me, continue to challenge me in thinking about, okay, how do we have a biblical framework around the idea of making Jesus Lord over our schedules? And how do we actually think through that? So two passages, and then along with these two passages, I want to give you two words that go with them, and maybe phrases that we can kind of frame the conversation with, and it could be really helpful uh, to simply remember as you think through your schedule, your daily rhythms, your to-dos, and your routine. And those two things are abiding and redeeming. And so if that's what you remember, I think that could be super helpful. When we look at our schedules, are we abiding through it, and are we redeeming in it? So those two things I really want us to grasp. And 
the last thing before we get into this is it would be a disservice to go through all this stuff and to think through um, your calendar and maybe in super practical ways without saying, hey, um, we have to go at this with a gospel-centered view of all of it, with a gospel-centered view. Meaning, when we have this conversation, we aren't talking about just a schedule issue that some of us have, maybe most of us has. We are talking about a heart issue that we all have, a heart issue that we all have. Because the things that we put our time into, the things that we schedule and calendar out, those are things that we are actually looking to, that we actually get joy from. And so is Jesus going to be the center of that? So for the follower of Jesus, we have to go in with that in view. I'm going to reference this other book who I think puts it well in this way. Um, It's called Redeeming Your Time by Jordan Rayner. And so he says this, nearly every time management expert says that the path to peace and productivity is found in implementing his or her system. This is what we might call works-based productivity, which claims that if you do exercises X, Y, and Z, then you will find peace. This book begins with the opposite premise in what we might call grace-based productivity, which says that through Jesus Christ, we already have peace, and we do time management exercises X, Y, and Z as a response of worship. So I love that idea. I love that idea of like, before we get into an abiding relationship with Jesus and how to redeem our time and schedules, something for us to think through. And a question we should ask ourselves is, how is our relationship with Jesus? Do we view our time and the things we do as something that we, is a response of worship, as a response of worship? Do we view the things that we have in response to him? Have you ever considered looking at your calendar and seeing what it reflects and what you actually desire to spend your life and time and efforts on? If we do that practice, we can probably see what things we are actually looking to and centering our life around. And maybe you aren't a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're here, you're listening online, or you're here and you're not quite a follower of Jesus, and you're wondering, yeah, what does our schedules have, or anything like that possibly have to do with the things of God? And I think you're not alone in that. I actually think that a lot of followers of Jesus would probably fit in that same category, myself at times including. It's like we just go about our day. We just go about our calendar and our life and our to-dos and our stuff, and we can just forget about Christ sometimes. And so... If you're in that boat, I think a lot of people are, follower or not. And so, a lot of times, we just don't let Jesus change certain areas of our life, or we just see it as off limits, or we just haven't let him in there and let him lord over that yet. And so that's what I'm hoping we get to the bottom of today. So, let's go to that abiding relationship. So, as you've been waiting for John 15, here it is. I'm not going to have it on the screen. I'm just going to have us read it. In real life, right here. So if you have a Bible, check it out. Um, get, next to, get next to someone if they have a Bible and just look at it with them. Uh, that could be fun and, and weird. But, or you can just listen to me. Also, uh, our Bibles and uh, the seats are um, NIV. Not to get too nerdy, but uh, they're NIV and they use a different terminology. They use remain. And so I'm using ESV just because it uses abiding. And that's the word I went with. So there's nothing spiritual to that. It's just, there we go. And so I like that word. So here we are, John 15, Verse one, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, any and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Okay, so there, there's a lot going on here. I think Jesus is speaking with like a high level of intensity when it comes to those that are following after Jesus and what they should do, how they should do it, and what and the things that they end up producing through it. And so this is probably, um, that thinking is probably one of the key differences between just being like a fan or a follower of Jesus and someone who is a disciple and apprentice of Jesus. Okay, so if you're not familiar with those words, disciple and apprentice of Jesus, it's like, is Jesus leading your life? Is he taking leadership over your life? Are you apprenticing under him? Are you looking at him as like, that's the master. I'm gonna view what he does. I'm gonna model life after him. And so it's one thing uh, to say, oh, I like Jesus. I go to church. Um, I subscribe to like a, a Christian worldview maybe or Christian morality. It's another thing altogether to say that your entire life is going to make you alive and is centered around the person of Jesus through the Holy Spirit and that your allegiance in him is going to show up in the everyday things of life. And it's going to actually show up there. So like when we think about bearing a particular kind of fruit, when we think about being productive for Jesus, those are all markers of actually being in relationship with Jesus. So like John 15 says, we cannot say that we abide in Jesus, who is the source of our being fully alive, if he doesn't show up in our schedules. If the fruit of our day isn't centered on him and the things that Jesus models and practices and commands for us to do, then we have centered ourselves on something else. And that's just something we gotta come terms with, something we gotta pray through and ask the Lord to seek him on and help us with. And so, just to sum it up again here, um, Jesus is saying some intense things. He says, we can bear no fruit apart from abiding in Jesus. He says that we can do nothing apart from Jesus. He says that bearing fruit actually proves that you're a disciple of Jesus. And he says that if we want to love like Jesus, then we have to keep the commands of Jesus. Like I said, it's a little bit intense, but this is, more, um, this is more than just saying like, one of the things I don't want to come off of with this sermon is like, just uh, add some quiet time to your schedules and you'll be good, okay? Like add a few minutes in the morning, read the Bible, do that, add some quiet time. That is probably good and helpful, but when you read Jesus here, you're like, man, it's a little bit more than that. So let me give you a visual of that a little bit. I stole this from... Um, our, our, uh, our lead pastor, Jeff Bogue, he had this PowerPoint not too long ago, and I think it's just super helpful. And so when you think about the, the vine and the branch, okay, so Jesus is here, right? He's the vine. And then who are we? We're the branch, okay? And so for the follower of Jesus, we want to bear fruit. We're called to bear fruit. We're called to let our um, following him be shown and noticed to, to others as well. But the only way that we can do that, the only way that we can bear fruit, as it says, is abiding in him is being connected to him, okay, being connected to the vine. So 
when Jesus says, you can bear no fruit apart from abiding in him, and that you can do nothing apart from him, it's like when you pull a leaf off of a tree branch, right? Or when you take flowers home from its life source, you're taking those flowers home, they are pulled from their source. And the leaf and the flower, they don't wither and die right away, like right in front of you. It takes some time to do that. They don't show signs of dying immediately, but over time, they will wither. They will change colors and show signs of dying. And of course, you can try to put it in water or use some kind of like synthetic feed stuff, whatever that's called for flowers, and you can prolong the life of that thing, but that's all you're doing is prolonging the inevitable. And so it's the same for the follower of Jesus. If our schedules and calendars and time spent isn't in any way connected to Jesus, abiding in him, in the things of Jesus, we slowly get away further and further from the things of Jesus. And so what happens is we will say things like, oh man, um, I would really love to share my faith with others. I, I just don't know the Bible enough. I'm just, I just don't know the Bible enough. Well, have you put the Bible time in your calendar? Have you put the time in to say, I'm gonna be intentional about that then, if you have that, right? Or sometimes we'll, we'll say, um, I just don't really know how to pray. I don't like praying in public. I don't really feel comfortable doing that. I don't really know how to do that. I'm not a prayer warrior like those other people. Um, I've tried prayer before, but like God has never answered my prayers. And so we'll say those things. And the, the question is, well, do we spend time in prayer? Is it built into our schedules? Uh, are we continuing to ask and intercede um, for others and pray to God and do those things? Do we have it built in? And so those are the questions we have to ask ourselves. So if the ways of Jesus, if those practices are hard for us or those outcomes, those fruit outcomes that we want aren't showing up, then we got to look and see what are we doing to help with that, okay? And so, but when we do abide in Jesus by committing time with him through our schedules, daily times of scripture reading, prayer, community, and so on, we follow Jesus well and we actually receive his joy, John 15 said that. We get to receive his joy, actually, and receive joy in full. And so sometimes these things are called spiritual disciplines when we're talking about prayer, scripture reading, and things like that. And honestly, the word discipline doesn't sound overly joyful for a lot of people. I get that. But I would challenge you and myself to think about this. If the ways of Jesus, the practices of Jesus, the disciplines of Jesus aren't bringing us joy, then there is something else that we center our life around. What is that? And we just got to come to terms and evaluate that. What are we getting joy from that is not of Jesus? And is that what we are actually wanting? Is that what we want? Or, or even worse, are we trying to be and do more than Jesus has called us to be and to do? And this could be a difficult thing to process for myself, including if you're like me, I don't like limits. I don't like to limit my schedule. Have you seen my schedule? I don't like to limit things, okay? I like to do everything and I like to go full blast. And so I have to think, okay. If that's not sustainable, if I've been there before, then something's gotta go. And when I think about that, I'm like, but, but I like doing this thing. And if I'm honest, some of my identity is in the thing. Some of my worth is coming out of that thing. And, I, and I'm admitting that to you right now, right, okay? I have to do this work. I have to look at my own schedule and say, this is too much. I need to spend more time with family. I need to spend more time with my children. I have four of them and all those things. And so, um, if you're like me, you're like, man, I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of that. I get some of my worth, if I'm honest, by doing the things that I think are really cool. Someone asked me to do that. I want to be a part of that. But we got to look at that and we got to come to terms with what we can do and what God has called us to do. It could mean a less hurried schedule. 
And what happens there is, for me, I'm like, well, that means I'm gonna miss out on this thing. And what if I miss out on that thing? And we have to ask ourselves, I have to ask myself, am I, do I truly want an abiding relationship with him? And am I gonna allow him to do that, to be over my schedule? So with that, let's go from abiding to this need of redeeming then. Let's talk about that for a second. So I do actually have this one on the screen. And so this is Ephesians 5. And this one, personally, this has just been, um, I feel like I'm just doing a devotional today because I'm like, man, these are the things that I feel like God has just impressed on my heart and my mind over the last months. And so I'm just sharing it with you. And I think this is super helpful in this context. If Paul says, um, verse 15, look carefully then how you walk not as unwise, but as wise. Here we go, this is the kicker. Making the best use of time. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, these verses, to me, they're a little straightforward. So what is it saying? How is your walk with Jesus? What does that look like? What does that actually look like? Reflect on that. What does your everyday life look like with him? How do you go about your time and your day and your life? Do you have a grid to think through? And we should carefully examine that. Look carefully how you walk, okay? We should pursue wisdom and pursue wisdom in how we spend our time and the things that we do and commit to and in the things that we don't do and don't commit to. The things that we choose to consume and the things that we choose not to consume. We should look at those things and be wise about it. We should do, um, why, why should we do that? Why should we do all that? Well, because the days are evil, because evil's all around us, because there's distractions from the good life of Jesus, and they're everywhere. We are distracted. If you're like me, you're distracted by some things that are joyful things, but maybe some things that, maybe they're not bad, but they're just not helping you abide in Jesus. What do we really want to pursue? So the conclusion is, don't be foolish, okay? Easy enough, right? Don't be foolish. <laughs> and so, but instead, understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? Well, I think one part of that is that we would have an abiding relationship with him, that we would take his commands and we would do them, that we would love like him. And if we're doing those things, we're probably set up to be within his will. Do the John 15 thing. And so that's how the verses go. It's so simple and, and compelling, yet it's super challenging in practice. In verse 16, I, I love this verse, make the best use of time, can also be translated as make the most of your time, make the best or the most of every opportunity, or literally take the time that you do have, which we all have the same amount of time, and redeem it, okay? Redeem that time. Use it not for evil. Use it not for foolish things or selfish pursuits, but for good things, for God things. Redeem that time. And it sounds simple enough, but practically, practically speaking, how do we actually do that? Because there's probably a couple extremes here. Um, there's one extreme. If you're like me, for those of you who maybe have a hectic, disorderly, hurried, busy schedule, we got to look at those things that are hurrying us up, that are filling our time, and say, what needs to be redeemed here? What needs to be redeemed so that I can have more of a, the disciplines of abiding in Jesus? Maybe there's things we got to get rid of. Maybe there's things we got to replace and redeem. For those of you that have no schedule, have you, you, ha you have a calendar app on your phone. I don't know if you knew that, but there's a calendar app on your phone. You can buy calendars. I will give you a piece of paper. You can just write stuff down, okay? I would just encourage you and challenge you to like try that out. Sit down and just look. What am I actually giving my time to? Maybe you've never written that out before. I would challenge you to do that. Write out the things that you actually do on a daily basis and say and look, okay, 
Here's areas where I am abiding in Jesus. Here's areas where I need to redeem and all those kind of things. So that would be the challenge. And so with all that, not just give you a challenge, but I want to give you a tool, okay? So I have a tool that I think is super helpful to help you process through all of this stuff. And again, hopefully this is just super practical. So I'm going to walk through this tool, and it has to do with that rule of life concept that we, that we spoke about a little bit earlier. And so if you don't remember what that rule of life is, here again, John Mark Homer, he says that a rule of life is simply a schedule and set of practices in relational rhythms that organize our lives around Jesus' invitation to abide in the vine. It is how we live in alignment with our deepest desires for life, with God and his kingdom. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. And here's this chart, okay? And so right here, it's called the rule of life chart. And here's a QR code. If you've never experienced QR code stuff, you can pull out your phone. If you have an iPhone, for sure, you can put on the camera. You can hover over that and press the yellow thing, and it'll take you there, okay? And so I forget where I stole this from, but it was on the internet, and I got it for free, and so now I have it for you, okay? So I would encourage you to take that and, and uh, use this. So because I'm gonna give you some homework, okay? This is your homework. You gotta do this chart. I'm gonna challenge you and encourage you to do this chart, and I'm gonna give you some hopefully helpful tips in doing that. So, first thing, it talks about our goals. So do we have a goal in these three major areas of our discipleship to Jesus and our following after him? And so they use the terms be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did, which is really great, but we also say the same thing, okay? We say know it, live it, give it away. It's all the same thing, okay? And so how are we knowing the gospel, living out the gospel, and giving the gospel away to others? So that's basically what it is. So write some goals down there. Take some time in your schedule and write some goals. And here's some practices to think through when you're thinking about your daily life, your weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annually. Here's some things to think through right here. So when it comes to know it, when it comes to being with Jesus, abiding in your mind, okay? So how do we abide with Jesus? Here's some spiritual disciplines to think through. Prayer. How, do, how are we setting up time? Do we have it in our schedule, in our calendar, to pray? To pray about the things that you think are important, to not just reactionary prayers, where it's like, oh man, something happened, I have to pray, but like, no, every day I'm praying this time. Maybe it's not 4 a.m., maybe it's not for an hour. Start somewhere, okay? Do you have five minutes? What are you guys doing right now? We could pray for like the last 20 minutes, okay? We could do that, but we're not going to because you're gonna schedule it for your own time, all right? Uh, Scripture reading. Again, what I said earlier, it's like sometimes we wanna share our faith. We want to know more about God. We just think that we don't know the word enough. Schedule it in. Do you have five minutes some time? Can you make that a daily thing? Maybe you need to make it weekly. Can you schedule it in? Worship, Sabbath. If you've never had a Sabbath before, that's basically just um, when we were talking about Genesis, right? God took six days of work, the last day for rest, and that is something that we can model ourselves after. So do you have a day where you set a time? Like for my family, it's every Friday. So if you like try to text me on Friday or you try to email me, I hopefully don't get back to you. I like you, but I'm not gonna try to get back to you, okay? And so Friday is our day where it's like work is a side. We're gonna take that time and do some different kind of spiritual rhythms. We're gonna try to uh, sing some hymns together as a family, try to read some scripture. And we do this imperfectly, but at least every Friday we're like, this is time, no work. We're just gonna set time to dedicate it to the Lord, to our family, and to rest. And we do that every Friday, pretty much without fail. Um, fasting. Again, um, uh, how can we schedule times of fasting? Maybe you do this around big, uh, like big decisions you have to make. Where you're like, okay, I gotta make this big decision. So I'm gonna schedule time where I'm gonna fast. I'm gonna pray over that thing so I can connect to Jesus and abiding in him for that decision. What about our mind? 
How can we sharpen our mind to know the gospel, to know Jesus more? Well, we could schedule times of reading. Um, maybe you're not a reader. Maybe you do an audiobook. okay? Do that. Do books that help you learn how to read scripture. Do books that are uh, helping you with your mind. Um, podcasting. A couple weeks ago, Tony talked about limiting screen time. That could actually help your mind and help you go back into an abiding relationship with Jesus. So abiding and mind, go over to the Become Like Jesus section, the Live It section, Again, okay, so body, relationships, rest. All right, so with our body, apparently you're supposed to get seven to nine hours of sleep a night. I don't know from personal experience, but that's what they say, and so try to do that, okay? Try to schedule that. Um, exercise and diet, I usually just skip over those things, unfortunately. And here, here's the other thing, okay? I, I don't know if you saw my schedule. It was pretty crazy, but I actually have uh, some diet things and exercise built into my calendar and my schedule every single day. So... Just because you put it on your schedule doesn't mean it's going to happen, okay? Coming from personal experience here, all right? So we're not talking about just, okay, you filled out your schedule, you filled out your calendar, it's got a lot of Jesus things in there, it's got a lot of, okay, I'm going to share the gospel and do these things, whatever. You got to actually do it, okay? Just writing it down isn't enough. Personal experience, okay? Um, Honoring God with your body. How are we using our God in that way to honor him? And that could be with our sexuality, that could be with the way we eat and our habits and things like that. How are we honoring God with our body to abide in him? What about our relationships? We'll talk more about relationships in this series, but friendships, super important. Do you have friends? And I don't mean to be mean by that, but in our digital age, like, do we have friends? You should have friends, okay? And we should get friends, and we should schedule time with them. Uh, Church, you guys made it to church. Good job. You're doing it. It's on your calendar, maybe. You're here. And so what about your marriage? What about your family? Are you taking time? Are you actually scheduling? It might sound weird, but are you scheduling time with your spouse? Are you scheduling time with your kids? If it shows up on our calendar, likely it's important to us, so we should put what's important to us on there. And then rest, again, recommended hours of sleep, um, and then weekly Sabbath, those things would be really helpful for rest. Other things, and again, these are just tips, okay, make it your own. For my wife, restful things are like going for a walk, and that's not restful for me. I rest after we get done with that, so whatever your thing is, okay? And then lastly, our work and our money. Again, some of this stuff doesn't sound spiritual, but I feel like God meets us in these things. And so with our work, okay, how are you or are you having an abiding relationship with Jesus in your work? Some of you maybe have never thought about that, okay? You're like, well, I just have to work. It's just what I do. I go in, I do the thing, and I leave. And then I can do spiritual stuff. Well, I would challenge you to redeem that time. How could you redeem that time? Maybe you have a lunch break. You can use that for your scripture reading, for your prayer. You can use that for building and investing in other people, sharing the gospel in that way. And so how can you redeem that time? And so I can answer some of these questions for you. Maybe that your work isn't able to help have you help in an abiding relationship with Jesus. Maybe you need to change some of your practices, or maybe you need to change your job. I don't know. I'm not you. But those are things to think through. Um, that book, uh, Redeeming Your Time, they had this concept of deep work, and so it's this idea of like, th- that book is just super practical, by the way. It's like frustratingly practical. You're like, every page you read, you're like, I should do that, I should do that. It's really intense, okay? So just disclaimer. But one of the things they said was deep work. You need to have like an hour and a half time blocks where you're just you're like headphones in, whatever you need to do, away from people, and get work done. And that's been actually helpful for me. So it turns out, uh, if you do that, you get more work done, and that's helpful. And so you can focus on other things. Block scheduling, um, shalom, I mentioned this earlier. How are you seeing your work and using your work for blessing, 
for blessing others, blessing the community? Do you see it that way? Tithing is part of that with money. Um, How are we setting ourselves up so that we can tithe? And how are we setting ourselves up to be a blessing as well? How are we setting ourselves up to be able to have some kind of funds or whatever available, resources available, so we can bless others at random? That maybe that's a gateway to help share the gospel with others or just to be generous like Jesus to others. And then gospel and hospitality, like actually scheduling some time with this in mind, okay? Do you have times in your calendar where you can host your neighbors, your actual neighbors, people that are actually around you in your neighborhood, in your community, that person, okay? Have them over for dinner. Maybe set in your monthly goal is like, hey, once a month, same time, our house is just open. Our house is open for our coworkers. Our house is open for our neighbors. And we're gonna invite them into our homes. You might have to schedule time to clean it, right? That's part of it. Um, You might have to do that. How are we inviting people into this as a way of hopefully building relationships, being hospital, sharing the gospel, and serving and volunteering in ministry, okay? And so that's why next weekend you have on your calendar uh, to do Love Medina, right? Okay, so um, that's part of it. Um, Time for praying for your three. This is language we use. Um, Who are the three people that you desperately want to come to know? Jesus, would you pray for those three people, okay? It's nice to get a sticker from the cafe to help you, but like schedule time to pray for those three people. Like, actually do that. Schedule that time. So, hopefully those tips are helpful. That's some homework I'd love to give you all and myself, because I'm still working through this. Work through that in your own context, with your own family, with your spouse, whoever it is in your context, and I just challenge you to work through that. Come at, the, come at Jesus with a clean slate and say, how do I first and foremost abide in you? I get it, we all have to work, and so how do we put that on our calendar? How do we schedule in that? How do we redeem that time as well, okay? So here's some books that I would recommend, and so with that, I'll invite the band up, but um, this is the book we talked about, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. No joke, I got this on audiobook, and um, I had put it on 1.5 speed, and I was convicted. I was like, I'm trying to not hurry, and I have this on 1.5 speed, so uh, maybe don't do that. Um, I was convicted. Um, Redeeming Your Time, that is just a hyper-practical book. It's seven biblical principles for being purposeful, present, and wildly productive, which sounds really weird, but it actually is a really great book about following after Jesus and his ways and in your schedule. And I didn't quote this book because I felt like I had too many quotes. I don't know the balance, but we've talked about that book before, The Common Rule, and so Habits of Purpose for an Age of Distraction. So if those are helpful for you, schedule some time and read them, or schedule some time and listen to them. So I do want to say this, um, and this might be a little bias based on what you've seen with my schedule, but I don't think being busy is a bad thing, okay? Again, I'm biased, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think what we'll see through those books, through even looking at the way of Jesus, that being busy isn't bad, but being hurried is the problem, being hurried. So when we think about redeeming our time, um, what what are the things that are hurrying us, and what do we need to scale back on? Because like, it's really hard to exhibit the, spirit, uh, the, discipline, or the fruits of the Spirit if we're in a hurry. It's really hard to be loving if we're in a hurry. It's really hard to be kind to our four-year-old when we're in a hurry, okay, by personal example, all right? And so it's really easy to, like, bark at your coworker, to, be, um, to come off as brash and angry when we're in a hurry. And so being busy is not too bad, but are we people of hurry? And what should we do? How can we redeem that time? How can we, what can we replace in that time? And I think replacement is a key word in this as we're thinking about abiding and redeeming because if we're looking at our schedule and we're like, okay, abiding relationship with Jesus, I'm gonna add prayer, I'm gonna add scripture, 
you're adding to an already busy schedule and you're too busy already. So maybe not add things. What are things that you can replace? What are things that are like, okay, I can take this away. I don't want to, but I say that I wanna do this thing. So I'm gonna replace this with some scripture reading and I'm gonna try that, okay? So what are things that you can replace? I think Jesus was a pretty busy person. Um, people, it seemed like always people were trying to uh, get his attention, to crowd over him and to hurry him along. He definitely had a full schedule. He also, though, he stopped and he paused and he created time for the things that mattered, for the things like abiding relationship with his father, redeeming the time for the kingdom of God. I mean, look through the New Testament. Many of the major stories in the gospels, we see Jesus is being interrupted in the thing that he's trying to do. And that becomes a major story because he heals someone because of that. He got to teach something about that. He got to tell others about the kingdom of God because of that. He was a person that was interruptible. Okay, so does your schedule, does my schedule allow us to be interruptible for the people that Jesus really wants us to see and care for and share the gospel with? Are we interruptible for our children? Are we interruptible for these kind of, for our church and to come and do these things we register for? I, I'm joking, but um, maybe, okay? So are we people that are allowed ourselves to be interruptible? Imagine if someone didn't take the time to share the gospel with you, okay? I'm, I'm pretty sure that somebody, at some point, you're a follower of Jesus because someone took the time to share the gospel with you. What if that didn't happen? What if they didn't do that? See, the scheduling stuff, it is a spiritual discipline. And if one, it's one that if done with an abiding relationship with Jesus, and if we have the willingness to redeem our schedule, Jesus will draw you and others closer to him and to his kingdom. And so the question I have for us and that I want us to pray through and act on is will you, will I allow Jesus to be over our schedules? Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, you are so good to us, God. God, you, you are gracious and you have met us where we're at even though we don't always choose to follow you. And God, I just thank you for um, just being in the details of our life, Lord, that um, something like our schedule, you're, you're, actually, uh, you're actually interested in. <laughs> something like, I just think of like the psalmist and psalmate that well, how, mindful of you, uh, how, how mindful you are of each and every one of us, Lord, that you love us so much and that you would say, hey, I wanna be Lord over that thing in your life. And maybe for some of us, that is our schedule. God, maybe for some of us, that is the way that we spend our time. And I don't mean to say that entertainment and things that are joyful that aren't necessarily directly to you are, are all bad. But God, would you just help us process through that? Not to just throw everything out, but to just say and look, how can I redeem that time? What can I, how can I use that for an abiding relationship for you? How could you mobilize us as a church, as a people to say, well, I like to do this thing. Maybe I can reach people in that thing and that becomes my ministry. Help us to redeem that time. Maybe it's uh, our workplace. We can redeem our lunchtime. Whatever it is, it's so contextual to each one of us. But God, I pray that you would do that work in us, that your spirit would lead us and guide us to an abiding relationship with you and to redeem the time that you have given us for you and for the sake of others. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen.